Welcome to the Drive Life Podcast. With me today is Mark, Sean, and we've got Amy from The Motorist. So I guess we're pleased to announce that we are now officially sponsored by The Motorist and we're recording here today. So welcome everybody, Amy. Hello, hello. Hi. Before we get started, a word about our sponsor, Car Calendar. If you're looking for your next car event, club, or Petrohead-friendly venue, you can find it with Car Calendar. Discover hundreds of upcoming events, car clubs, and car venues on the UK's biggest car events platform. Search by location and radius, favourite your events, buy tickets with ease, and follow your favourite clubs and venues to be the first to hear about their upcoming events. If you're an event organiser, you can list your event, your club, or your venue free of charge. You can sell tickets directly in the app and track the performance of your event. Car Calendar is available online and in your app store. Just search for Car Calendar. Now back to the podcast. So today we're going to be talking a lot about previous events, upcoming events, the world of world of car events, um, and some some club news and that kind of thing. Um, so let's just let's just get into it because it's been an action packed few weeks. Um, there's a huge list of things that we've done this month between us. Uh, so the coast to coast tour, I think is the first of them. Yes. Yeah. Coast to coast from East coast. So we went from Sands End to over to, um, what was the place on the West coast called? Uh, we went to the West coast anyway, our, uh, St. B's, that's what it's called. St. B's. So we, yeah. So we started from the N- uh, NY 500, went over to, um, Sands End, then we drove into the Lake District, uh, and then on day two, we drove from Lake District to St. B's, and then from there back again. And uh, yeah, really great tour. So we had loads more cars on that than we usually would have. We had 30 cars, I think, on that one. Wow, that is a lot. Um, yeah, so 30 cars. So we were all officially like grouped, grouped up. So we had like four separate groups, um, ran on that trip, spaced apart time-wise. Uh, and then it was the first trip as well that we ran a separate media car. So our, um, our photographers were running ahead, which really helped to capture great content for each individual group on that trip. Um, but yeah, it was really good. Really good. I, I enjoyed it. It was a different tour because we always, um, like Mike was saying on the last podcast, we always do uh, like north to south or south to north trips. And this one was a, an east to west one. It was busy in places, but we already anticipated that because that's what the late district is like. Uh, you're never really going to get a quiet moment there, but, um, but yeah, it was really good. And the highlight for me was actually after the evening meal, we took th- just three cars up to Honister Pass. That wasn't planned, but, uh, it was, that's like, a slate mine. That's a slate mine. Yeah. That was, awesome uh, and it was like sunset and perfect weather and yeah, awesome place we got into a lot of trouble for one car doing donuts in the car park but other than that it was uh, uh it makes for good photos though donuts on a slate mine but other than that it was yeah really really good misbehavior tut, tut. well yeah honest is <laughs> honest to soon let the person know they weren't happy so <laughs> we uh we soon stopped but uh but yeah it was it's, it's an awesome place and when you go in the middle of the day you can't really take a car group up there the the, the tourism and, and you know, like if you meet other cars on those single track lanes, it's, it's hard work with a group of cars, but for going at that time of night, it's definitely something I would do again. Sounds really good. And, uh, that leads nicely into the next tour I want to talk about, which was specifically just for photography. So this was a first, we've never done a a drive like this before where it's not actually about the driving. It's just about getting as much 
high quality media content as we could uh, in one day. Mm-hmm. Um, we really didn't know when we launched that how many what the uptake was going to be like, how many cars we were going to get, uh, and it was it was absolutely packed. I think there was uh, probably a plus fifty percent oversubscription. We could have we could have made mm-hmm. it. Yes, yeah, there was twice yeah. as big. Yeah, so that's uh, an event that we'll definitely try to run at least once a year, maybe twice. Uh, you know, choosing different photo locations each time. But yeah, essentially, it's a little bit of a different format to what we would usually do because usually we're it's more about the driving experience and and choosing roads that are you know quiet and and um, this time it was more of a point to point drive to different photography uh, different locations that were good for photography and it, we allowed enough time for for the media team to be able to capture really some really special stuff for each of the members that attended with us um and i actually quite enjoyed the change in format because usually there's a lot of pressure on i guess the lead drivers to be you know going on a spirited run we're faced with challenges with traffic and and getting people safely past past cars um and this time it was more of a quite a, a relaxed pace there wasn't that as much pressure to keep the group together because everybody knew where they were going and it was more direct routes so I, I actually i quite enjoyed it but we got a lot of media out of that day some really special places um ooh, one of the one of the photography spots was private land we didn't realize so i got into a bit of bother for that but other than that it was uh, uh, a very upset farmer but other than that it was made for a great photo though so i don't regret it um but other than that it was um yeah a really good day and we ended at well we didn't end at tan hill but tan hill was one of the last stops and it's quite a um always quite a special venue up there especially when you go up up, up that high and it's really great weather up there as well yeah we couldn't have picked a better day for it weather-wise it was it was absolutely wall-to-wall sunshine the whole the whole day so um i mean sometimes that makes the, the photos challenging but uh it was still just a nice enjoyable day yeah uh, yeah and and the media i think has just actually been uh sent out this morning so as of this morning people are, are receiving the photos that we captured and yeah they came out really well so forward. josh is in the background and well done <laughs> well done josh <laughs> so tan hill we also went up there on the solstice for an evening drive yeah, so that was a second, th- actually third visit there in a, in a month just because of the way that the tours sort of ended, um, the way that the routes on our recent tours were, but you led that drive, didn't yes, you? Yes, I did. Um, again, weather was spot on um, for us there. Um, I mean, it's a, it was a great scene, sunset up there. Um, the, I suppose the biggest challenge really was the car park when you get there. It's just yeah. it's just a bit of a free-for-all really, but car park-wise, but um it's great the um, staff there are really um really friendly and you know just yeah, actually the food is really good as well so um it was that was a bigger surprise um i wasn't expecting it to be quite as nice as it was but they again just a small group um but uh yeah i think it's definitely something we want to repeat next year that um summer solstice it's uh it's nice it's yeah. nice to be able to do that you know yeah but speaking of summer solstice you uh we spoke briefly on the last podcast about it but you did uh a challenge of your own, didn't you? Yeah, the, the, we officially branded it the Sunrise Tour because it's hard to. We don't want it, it's not a race, you know. It's it's not a rally. It's not chase the sun, which is yeah, <laughs> effectively um, racing the sun, chasing the sun um, from Lands End to Lowestoft. So that's the most westerly point of England to the most easterly point of England, and the challenge is to do that between sunset and sunrise. So you you leave Lands End mm-hmm. the minute the sun goes down. 
and the idea is that you're there before the sun comes up in Lowestoft. And on the face of it, you think, well, that's going to be quite easy, but it's 460 miles and you've only got seven hours to do it, which gives you an average speed that you can achieve within the speed limits, but it's very, very hard. Um, so we, we got a group of, a small group of us together to do that, that, that challenge. Well, we had like something like eight or nine cars for you. And yeah, I think, was, yep. I think it was eight of us in total in the end. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm pleased to say we all, we all did it and we all did it quite comfortably in the end. So how comfortably? So, um, it was comfortable enough that one guy decided to go via Birmingham. There's a few different routes that you can take. Um, but, but one of our number decided to go via Birmingham and still made it. So that's up the M5. That was all the way up the M5 and then across and then down the A14. That's the route they, they, they chose to take. Uh, and they, they made it the earliest of us um made it with just over 30 minutes to go i think we nice. we were about five minutes behind them um and there were some other people doing the doing the drive as well that went went with our group one person was in the tesla they didn't make it <laughs> um, so yeah not the right car um they chatting to them beforehand they they, they needed an hour of charging for two 30 minute stops uh, and you can do the maths for yourself but that's not achievable you can't do that sort of, um, you know, the, the, the problem is the faster you go, um, the quicker you're going to get through your charge and the more you need to charge. So <laughs> there, there was no amount of speed that they could use to make up, you know, e even if there was no speed limits, I don't think they would have been able to, to do it. Um, and, uh, from looking at this, they're in, they're in the same hotel as us. So they were there in the morning. We just know they didn't make it by the, by the sunrise. And I think they might've hit a deer or a rabbit or a badger or something. Because the the front end was sort of pretty pretty smashed up, so they they obviously didn't have a great drive, but we did, and we all we all made it. So it was a fantastic experience. I thought Tesla's had all these um, anti-collision technologies and all sorts of things. I, I, yeah, if it does, it didn't work. <laughs> wow. So yeah, so long with the combustion engine. Absolutely. <laughs> um, for, if you're going to do the challenge, don't do it in a Tesla. I would, I would suggest. Um, but everyone really enjoyed it, you know, considering it is just pretty much seven hours of a slog on the motorway. Um, it's still pretty enjoyable doing it as a group. Mm -hmm. Um, everyone was obviously super happy to have made it in time and, um, you know, sort of that, that feeling of challenge completed. So, so you started off together, yet you ended at the same place, but, but you were yeah. all taking different routes. Um, we didn't intend it to be that way. Um, so fuel, fuel range is an issue. So if you're in a thirsty McLaren, like I was, uh, we have to stop twice. There was a guy in a 488. He, uh, didn't start with a full tank of fuel. So he ended up having to stop twice as well. Um, everybody else stopped twice, uh, because they just felt like it. We, en we ended up all on the M11 in, in, in one group, minus the guy who went by at Birmingham, uh, and i needed to pull in there was no way i was going to make it without without filling up and um so everyone just just decided to all all stop and kind of a splash and dash um just just on the m11 but uh yeah it, it's it's fuel fuel dependent was the reason why we all got split up in the first place those who didn't need to stop uh that first stop then stopped somewhere on the mm -hmm. on the m4 so so we got a little bit split up but we all regrouped in the end uh like i say except for Birmingham guy. So. Um, but it was, yeah, it was really, it was good fun. We got yelled at by a guy on the bike at the end for, for all daring to park at the seafront. Um, 
Uh, even though it was four, four thirty in the morning. Even though it was <laughs> it was four in the morning. Yeah, well, you'll so. still find uh, disgruntled people anytime. Uh, absolutely. Of day, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Interesting characters making the, the world a better place. But you know, mm. whatever. It was. It was. It was great. Uh, cool. So yeah. So that was a sunrise tour. Whether we'll run it again directly next year or not probably depends on on how many people there are left. Anyone who missed it this year, uh, who mm. wants to do it next year, um, we'll, we'll we'll see. We, we might run it. We might not. We'll, it might be an every other year thing. We'll, sure. we'll wait and see what what interest is like. I think once the media comes out, we'll get some uh, people who sort of look and say, oh, "I wish I'd done that." Yeah. So, I think it's the idea of doing something that is not a race but a challenge is quite appealing to to people. Yeah. Of whether we look at what other challenges are available for us to consider adding to the calendar will be interesting. I think. Definitely, definitely. Um, right, so the, the, we're not even halfway through the list. Uh, so we've got uh, the meet that we had at Reap next. Yes, so we hosted a morning Reap with our uh, a morning Reap a morning Reap, meet, Reap, Reap. A morning meet with our partners over at Reap Yorkshire. Um, they've been our partners for a, a good few years now. Um, they've got their detailing studio, uh, yeah, down in Nesborough. And yeah, great morning, we're a really great turnout. And uh, just by coincidence, the unit next door also had a porsche club meet as well so the place was absolutely heaving there was our 30 to 40 member cars plus 50 plus porsches there so it was a very yeah very active morning but thanks to miles and the team and um for, for hosting us and putting on drinks and really great turnout and some incredible cars there actually really incredible cars that's all you want to see if you go to these things that you can't normally you'd never normally come across yeah so yeah thank yeah. you to the people who brought them along yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we've seen them um, since. So a few of them weren't weren't members; they'd actually been invited down directly by Reap um, rather th rather than us. But they've since joined us in UK. So look forward to hopefully seeing some of them at at, at future meets as well. Um, next on my list is the day we did with Hype Motorsport. Yes, so we um we had a yeah, so we had a track uh, ex a track session booked with Hype down at um down at donnington um and uh we had it, it was quite quite a small group as these events always are so i think we had like four or five members booked onto it uh, but that's i guess it's a it's a different potentially a different experience to a lot of these um driver tuition days because you use hypes cars you don't use your own so they have a fleet i think they've got a, uh, an m2 an alpine and uh and uh porsche uh, came and I think is their ma main fleet um, but yeah they offered um, tra on track tuition all day to our members and it was really with really great feedback from that and then we had one member drop out last minute and we were able to give that um, spot to Josh our resident photographer and uh, yeah I think he, he had a great day and had nothing but good things to say about the experience so um, thank you to Ben and the team at Hype for, for putting that on for us is that going to become a, an annual thing, a semi-regular thing? Yeah, definitely want to do it as an annual thing. I mean, I think we, so this year was the first year we had some driver tuition elements on our calendar. So we did two sessions with, um, cats driver training. You, uh, you were on one of them. Yeah. Uh, and Sean did one. As well. uh, yeah. And Sean did one. Yeah. So, so that was, I guess at one end of the experience where you're doing all this tuition on your, in your own car and then. Yeah, hype in, in, in their vehicles. And I think each year we'd probably like to do a mix of the two because we know that there are different appetites for different things. And, and, and some people, um, I think we've already 
touched on this in the previous podcast, but some people like to um, gain more experience in the car that they feel comfortable with. And, and other people just want to be able to let loose in the car that they don't have to worry about the wear and tear. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's expensive taking a car on track, yeah. some, some more than others. So yeah, being able to have the opportunity to drive something else. And if people think, oh, it's only an Alpine or it's only an M2 and they're, they're quite slow, but they're, they're track prepped vehicles and yep. you're pushing them to the absolute limit helped by an instructor and uh, you, you just don't need anything faster and you in those, those things more about you than about the car so yeah but uh, i'd recommend driver training to anybody i know we've said this before and totally agree it's uh, it's laboring the point a bit but you know sure. the big the best investment that if you want to go quickly and go safely the best investment you can make is in yourself so yeah, it's definitely something that i'm going to do next year it's uh, i've not done anything like that yet but i really want to yeah, get it, get it booked. Definitely. Yeah, arrange an event just for yourself and then put it out for the, for the membership. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, there's no aqua planning training out there. I don't think so. <laughs> the skid, skid stuff at Millbrook. Uh, They've yeah, got a wet. They've like, got a permanent wet track. Cuts deep. <laughs> Sorry, too soon. We'll, uh, we'll yeah. gloss over that. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. I just these things happen. But uh, I, I'd be interested actually to know whether having any drive, driver training would have helped me out in the in that situation or not. I don't know if it would or would or not, but. For, for the listeners who don't know, I uh, crashed my car on the A64 two weeks ago, aquaplaning in the, in the wet. We had like a, a two weeks of solid uh, hot weather and we had one day right in the middle of it that it bucketed it down all day, uh, certainly in, in sort of North Yorkshire anyway. And on that day, I was just driving home from, I was driving home from Motorsport and Performance, another one of our partners who had just prepped my car for our Europe tour that we're going to be going on in two weeks. And yeah, I hit a massive puddle of water and ended up in the central reservation. So yeah, it's, uh, it, it hurts, a little, hurts a little bit. I was fine, but it's a bit of a... Yeah. And you were taking it steady yeah, as well. I was taking it steady, yeah. Yeah, which is, I don't want to say it's even more frustrating, but like if, if, if I, if I had a reason that if I could pin it on a reason saying, oh, I was, you know, I was, I was being stupid. I was, you know, I was driving too quick for the conditions or whatever, then I'd. Which is what I'd, people assume. Yeah. Yeah. Like that oh yeah, definitely. Part. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure everybody passing me on the hard shoulder when they smashed up Mustang probably thought, what an idiot. I bet he was doing, doing a hundred in the rain. And I really wasn't. I was uh, around about 60 and, mm. um, to be honest, I was playing fuel bingo i didn't want to fill up in the rain so i was on quite low range and i wasn't going quick so i was saving my miles to the gallon uh, but it still went wrong so um and i had uh, at least well at least two of my tires were brand new but uh sometimes these things happen so it's been a mad dash to try and arrange uh, get something sorted for the next europe tour that's coming up in so well we're both doing europe tours so we've got we've got two tours coming up sean's doing week one which starts on this well It'll be after this podcast, so it'll be, it will already have happened by the time the podcast goes out, but as of now, time. it's in three days time mm -hmm. and then mine's the week after. So I'm the lead car on week two, so I can't do a driving tour without a car. So it's been a bit of a mad dash to get something sorted, but just about there with that. Um, but you've but yeah, actually been offered quite a few cars before you managed to sell. I have. Yeah. Uh, amazing from members. Yeah. Very, very kind. I've been, had multiple offers of multiple different cars. Um, some of which like, uh, would have been bucket list stuff to take them up on but got to be realistic so um, i'm sure a lot of the listeners know but i saw that i'm a disabled driver I, I have my cars adapted and it's not particularly cheap to get them adapted and also some of the adaptions require to permanently cut into the 
elements of the interior. So usually it's like under the steering wheel, they cut into the plastic. Sometimes they'll drill into the pedal as well. And I just didn't want it on my conscience really to be getting these offers from people, them saying, oh no, it's all right. If you drill into the pedal and it's not, all right. I don't think it's all right. I don't want to leave that, uh, leave that permanently on their car. So, uh, so it is what it is. I, you know, I get a replacement car sorted on my own, but thank you very much to the members who, who did offer me cars because it was extremely kind gesture. And, and also it was one of like, whenever I told people it was like the first thing they did was offer me a car straight for Europe without even thinking. So yeah, it's very kind of them, but yeah, so. James, your 458 will live to fight another day. <laughs> I would have loved to have taken it to Europe. Absolutely yeah. love to take it, but uh, I'm not drilling into your pedals. So. <laughs> Just come back to driver, the driver training element. I know we're going to talk about Europe in a minute. Yeah. So, so um, in terms of car control, by the time you, you, you know, by the time you're aquaplaning, it's, it's pretty much too late. Yeah. But a lot of the training that's out there would, would just, is all about prevention. So not getting yourself into that yeah. position in the first place. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of the IAM uh, driver training, which some of the CAT driver training is, is based around the mm -hmm. different, different courses, you know, would, would it have helped? Would it not? You, you'll never know sure. it, it's happened, but, but certainly, it, um, you, you would, uh, that sort of forward perception about things that might, might, might happen in, in any given set of conditions is, might've prevented it in the, in the first place. Mm -hmm. Definitely, um, the sort of driver training you do on those cat days is aimed at, um, you don't need the car control because you're never getting into a situation where you need that, that car sure. control. It's all about, you know, preventing, you know, never letting yourself get into a position where you're, you're skidding or, or whatever, you know, sort of, sort of looking at, looking at the road ahead. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's infinitely valuable, isn't it? You know, um, learning to extricate yourself from those situations is good, but not getting into them in the first place is, is probably better. So, um, yeah, I think you'll, you'll probably, you said you've expressed an interest in doing it. Yeah. So you're already, you know, in that self-selected category of people who want to be better. And I think you'll, you'll get gain a lot, um, from, from doing it and also just getting back driving, having had a bump, you know, it's really important to sort of just get, get back in the car and, and get mm -hmm. driving again. And, uh, you know, it's really good that you're just, you're obviously getting out there and, and, and doing it again. So hopefully it'll never happen again. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, we, we do. We do a lot of miles, um, as part of the events that we do. So I think, uh, uh, I think I will definitely go for the driver training. I'd be, uh, yeah, I think I'll be a better driver for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Europe. Yes. The big one. Yes. Biggest annual SUK event, isn't it? I would say. It, is, and... well, it has been for years and it's just, it's just grown and grown year each, each year round. And obviously we did it first time we did it in 2019. Um, obviously pre pandemic, and then we had it booked to do it in 2020, obviously that didn't happen for obvious reasons. Um, and it, we actually still weren't able to do it in 2021 for yep. the same reasons. They, yep. um, the, the kind of pending restrictions for travel, um, prevented us, um, from sort of some able to go into Europe as well. So, so 2022, uh, last year it was oversubscribed massively. It's a, you know, big group and we, you know, everyone enjoyed it. So when we advertised it for, for this year, which we advertised back in August, September time last year, we knew that we'd already got pre, you know, interest shown that all far exceeded the spaces that we would normally put on the trip. So we come up with this idea of why didn't we do it twice mm -hmm. back to back? So yeah. that's what we're doing. Cause it sold out in 
minutes, isn't it? I'm pretty sure the first trip was gone practically instantly. I yeah. know the first time I looked at it, it was full already. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that the trip, the first trip was minutes, and then the second trip, it was half full in a similar time period. And then over the course of the next few weeks, uh, the remainder spaces went, but yeah, it was, it was very popular. So thank you for everyone who signed up. Looking forward to uh, mm. hitting the, the roads in Switzerland. The route's been out for a few days now and I've had time to, to digest it. And we, we are taking in some properly stunning parts of the world. Some of the best passes, the best locations for photos and everything. It's, it's, I'm really excited but for you it. should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the media content should be next level as well this year. So there's there's a bunch of, of improvements that's been made on on the, the media front because what's the point in doing a trip like that if you can't boast about it afterwards with all the awesome photos? Yeah, with um, so this year, um, obviously, we, we, we're covering a lot of the similar roads that we did do last year. So we've kind of got a good awareness in terms of what's what's ahead. Um, also, um, um, Josh, our resident um, photographer, he he accompanied us on his on his trip last year. Um, was one of the two photographers that we had. Um, I, he's lucky enough now to be actually going to be spending two weeks out there. Um, he's going to be in his own media vehicle. Um, yeah, um, which we James for sorting out that one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's going to be touring Europe for two weeks mm -hmm. solid. Um, and at one point you're going to have an, I think another three more photographers slash videographers with him as well. So. Literally, you know, we're going to have all the bases covered, I think, um, over that period of two weeks. Yes, to... so week one, we've got Josh and Peter um, and a separate videography company. All, we'll all be riding in, in our, our new media car. And then week two is our other uh, resident photographer, Harry, will be coming over in my car over into Europe and then jumping in with Josh. So media on both trips is going to be really, really well represented. So has Josh been told that he needs to clear out all those sweet wrappers and crisp packets and stuff? It's after a week, it's kind of probably yeah. going to be quite, yeah. Might be a bit right in there. Yeah, a little handheld <laughs> Dyson in his car or something yeah. to sort that out, I think. Expect it to be pristine, Josh. Yeah. Okay, good, good. <laughs> no, yeah, looking forward to that. I mean, that's the first, so we, um, like I mentioned on our Coast to Coast trip was the first time we ran a separate media vehicle Um Usually media would ride with one of the lead drivers and uh, it, it worked really well. We, we were happy. Uh, it, it, it's, sometimes it's not as easy. So we were, we were going to do it in Wales, but the, um, the routes in Wales didn't really lend themselves to any shortcuts. So there was no real point where like Josh could get ahead of the group anyway. To, but on the um, coast to coast trip, it, it worked well and, and similar in Switzerland. So we're going to be able to capture loads of really great media. Um, it's a three, three, three. Uh, 330d touring so it's got the hatch at the back that you can open up to shoot out of the out of the, the boot and yeah we've got photography and video covered so i'm looking forward to seeing what comes of that yeah perfect so it's not just SCK events that we want to cover obviously car calendar has loads and loads of events listed on it so you can find car events near you one of the yep. places very near to us right now because we're in it is the motorist and obviously, Amy's joined us. That was a smooth segue, Martin. Uh, that was a really smooth segue. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, we'll edit that bit out. Okay. Then, no then we, yeah. yeah, keep it in. Um, <laughs> then take a compliment. Slide the conversation <laughs> over. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, we're here in the motorist, um, and Amy uh, 
you've got a, a very, turned up very well organized today with a diary. Uh, so I guess you've got the rundown on what's happening here over the next few weeks. Yeah, so it's just our generic wheels and wings on a Wednesday um, evening from five till nine. Our bikes and bonnets are starting to pick up now, the nicer weather. Um, again, that's on a Thursday, five till nine. Um, and then Saturdays are our motorist club, so we tend to feature those days. Um, it's different every Saturday. Um, and then on our Sundays is our coffee and cars. Um, that's 10 till four. And the main big one this year that we've got coming up will be the 12th of August, which is our TV Cops and Cars. Um, so that is put on by a gentleman called Ben Pearson, who used to be a traffic cop and he now does it as a PTSD awareness charity. So, okay. yeah, so that'll be a big what, one. What's involved in that day? Are they just police cars and... Police cars, sports cars. Um, I know they've booked out the full entire venue is full of different um, cars all the way through from American police cars down to you know, pre-war classics. Um, a lot a lot of sports cars and hypercars are, are due to be turning up as well. Um, so it'd be a pretty good one. Awesome. So can, that, people can just turn up to that? Yeah, they absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and... yeah. Just turn up um, any time of the day, pop along, they'll be here. Um, and uh, they will be obviously trying to raise money for, for their charity. Okay. Well, that sounds like a great event. I might. Yeah, I think we're going to come down to that one for sure. So yeah, turn that absolutely. one. Absolutely. Um, so things are growing here, right? You know, it started, I think, Trying to think when the first time I came to the motorist, it was before the restaurant was here. Um, we were talking before before we started recording about the burger van, and I think I I might might have been slightly after the sort of initial bit of the the burger van, but it definitely feels like it's growing. So it's huge. How's it How's it going? That it's it's just it's it's gone from one extreme to to the next. Really, um, like we said before, it started as a burger van, and it's just grown. From then, the burger van was obviously in what was the MLT Bay. It then moved over to what is now the body shop, um, moved into there, put an actual kitchen in there, kept that as a cafe. And then it got even bigger that we then moved the cafe into what was the showroom um, and then decided to build the restaurant from there. So it's just, it's it's huge. Um, victim of our own success sometimes, I think, with the traffic. Um but, you know, we're just looking at ways that we can improve that all the time, improve the customer journey um, from the queues getting in to then the queues getting served or the food that we serve um, down to even the products in our new store as well. You know, we we look at, we, we open that not knowing what people will buy, what people wanted um, from us. And we're just evolving, you know, from that, seeing what people buy, what they're interested in and making sure that we pick up on that and, and bring them into the new store. So, Yeah. Yeah, because for, for those of you who've, who are listening, but you've never been to the motorist, the, the way in is a single track road. So there's a there's a sort of a, a country lane, I suppose you'd call it, yeah. just a regular road. And then it narrows right down to just a, a single track way in and, and way out. And on busy days, that's caused some... Chaos. Chaos. And the car park at the back, that's changed quite a bit since I first came here. So I guess you're just taking steps as, as time goes on to... To build. Yeah, there's there's a lot we can't do um, due to planning, due to it being, you know, green land. Um, even though it's our land, there's a lot you can't do without that permission. Um, but, you know, we're bringing, we're bringing more to the community, so we should hopefully get, get the nod and get the yes. Um, we, a lot of local people work here, so that's, you know, that's bringing a lot. Um, bringing the attraction of having a restaurant, a cafe, a garage, body shop, all that should hopefully pay in our favour um, in the next few years. So, yeah, we're, we're ready to move. <laughs> Just waiting on the yes. So what's next? 
What's next for the motorist? What's are there any secrets that you can share? Are there? There is a secret, but I'm not allowed to share it. Oh, okay. um, yeah, unfortunately, not not allowed to give that one. Um, but yeah, just keep your eyes peeled. There is there is something big coming. Okay. Um, yeah, again, waiting on the yes before we can share it, but there is something big coming. Um, it will be fantastic when it is here. Excellent. I mean, just from a selfish perspective, uh, you know, in, in, in times gone by, being a petrol head, you are always, you're always aware of, I would say that, Caffeine and Machine down south are the ones that nationally is kind of known. They have the, the they have the name. Yeah. Um. But you know, for the majority of people who don't live nearby, it's it it was never really feasible to go down there. And it's just fantastic that in this area of the world, we've now got a place where we can all come. That's you know, welcoming and encouraging of 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 car events. Saves you, you know, taking a trip out to Tesco car park at night to go and. <laughs> meet with everyone and then get chucked off the land it's uh, it's awesome to see that the venue has grown and and myself and sean we we were visiting during the times where it was just a burger van and to see yes well, yeah. the growth over the last five years has been unbelievable and it's definitely become a a, a car venue to a force to be reckoned with so it's yeah awesome so hopefully it keeps heading in that direction yeah i think it will i think you know referring to us as caffeine machine it's we're definitely on par. Okay. Um, you know, we've got a little bit more to offer with the restaurant and, um, you know, wider parking spaces. That's just down to them not having the land to do that. But, yep. you know, we're there. We hope that people from that end at the time come up and visit us as well. Do you know, it's, yeah. we send people there. Hopefully they send people to us. Um, and same with other venues around us as well. You know, a car community or any automotive community, that is what we want to be. That is who we are. We're not, we're not precious that we say, you know, don't go there, you know, we're the best. We, it's only us. We only want you to visit us. Not at all. We are a community. We want to stick together and push every venue, every car club that we can. Um, that That's the main objective is just, it's like you say, Tesco's car park isn't always safe. Yeah. We'd rather you came here, meet here and, and be safe and enjoy what everybody brings along. And it's all walks of lives, you know. You come on a Sunday and you can have 17-year-old in his first Clio to a gentleman who's just gone and put a Lamborghini, you know, it's... And they both appreciate mm. what they've got. You will see the gentleman who's been that 17-year-old go over and chat to him and have that conversation of, you know, what's next in your life. And that that is fantastic to see that being brought together. It's, mm. it's really rewarding for us as, um, as a company. Yeah, that's a really important point. You know, there's a lot of um, events out there that are either single mark or they're, like, let's say, supercar-focused or modified focused or, or whatever it might be and they, they sort of uh shun everything else yeah you know so if you if you turn up to a, a meet where you're in whatever car and you've just got an interest in cars you know it's great to have that that variety but the people around to not be like oh well you don't have a lamborghini so i'm not gonna absolutely yeah that i mean that that's the main focus on a sunday with the coffee and cars it's you know you can turn up any day in anything but the main focus for sunday is we don't theme it you know, turn up, enjoy what's here, um, enjoy the restaurant, the shop, and it, it, all the different vehicles that turn up. Yeah, whether that is a two wheeler to to a four wheeler, you know, that's yeah. So, what's been your personal highlight? That can be an event or something that's happened or whatever. While over the the motorist sort of journey, I think for me, um, when I first started, it was before the restaurant was open. Um, it was as it was just getting built. Um, I was brought on as sales and marketing exec. So for me, it's being able to get the events in, you know, build that base. Um, but mainly on the corporate side, um, that was been my main focus. And 
you know, we had an event last week, which was for 335 people to stand back and watch that happening as a team building event for an external company has been huge. So it's not on, we're not always just about the automotive theme and about the cars. It's the venues as a whole. Um, massive to see that, that building and growing. So we are, you know, rather than going to a hotel and sat in a dingy room, it's, it's yeah. nice for them to be able to come somewhere that is interesting. Um, and same with the focus on weddings, you know, car enthusiasts that are getting married, they just absolutely love it here. Um, so yeah, it's been nice to let them share their passion of cars together, um, plus get married in a, a really nice venue. I genuinely didn't know. I've just learned now that you do the this wedding. Yeah. Here. <laughs> yeah. So does that, does that mean this is licensed? You can, you can we get don't do the here? ceremony. Oh, okay. So that's the only thing we don't do. We don't do a ceremony, but we can do your wedding breakfast all the way through to your evening party. Um, the, Some would yeah. argue a lot of people are already married to the cars before. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resume. So yeah. my uh, my wife works for the company who had the event with you last week, um, and yeah, she, they spoke very highly of it. It was oh, quite good. a um, yeah. conversation piece in the office the day after. Yeah, so, yeah, good work. Uh, yeah, it's, it was good. Um, it was nice to stand back. I mean, they had all sorts. They had a, another company in um, doing external activities, so they had like total wipeout, um, yeah. segways, you know, mini golf, everything like that. Um, it was it was a good day and good to stand back and watch watch people enjoy what we've we've helped to make. So yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm going to ask you for cctv later on yeah. my, wife, my wife said she got wiped out by total wipeout and i really Brilliant. want to see that yeah. video i need to see that video <laughs> yeah that, that's it's, it's interesting because obviously you think of somewhere like the motorist as being just about you know the cars and yeah and you know you, you come here and there's obviously the the car themed things in the shop and all, all the displays and stuff but yeah just just being able to use it as that kind of flexible venue that's it. Yeah. I mean, when we first, we first started, we put a carpet in the Club Le Mans room that's got tyre tracks on it. We never, ever thought that someone that's not even interested in cars would want to get married in there with that being there. But I think the building in itself is just that beautiful that you bypass that and you don't really see it. So yeah, that's, that's an advantage, I think. <laughs> I would agree with that. It's a stunning, stunning building, this uh, new construction. Yeah. It really is. The largest yeah. oak frame building in the north of England. Is it? Yeah, oh. it's all steel reinforced and um, built by Yorkshire oak frame themselves. Nice, yeah. nice. Okay. So um, we we have a theme going through all of the all these podcasts where we get our guests to ask um, our audience a question. And we often have a go at answering it ourselves live. Um, so you got a question. I do, yes. Right? Yeah. So the question is, what pre-war 1992 modern classic will be the next big investment? Pre-92. So that's so that's aimed squarely at the 25-year rule. Yeah. Um, making certain cars rocket. Okay. So for those of you listening who don't know what that means, that the US have a, a an import restriction on cars. So if you car wasn't if a car model wasn't originally sold in the u.s it can't be imported into the u.s until uh, it becomes a classic which for them is 25 years and older so there's certain cars that were sold in the u.s that were also sold in japan and those those cars are kind of cool but that they never really rocketed in value where certain cars they were never sold in the u.s and there's sort of a car culture built around them and when they hit that 25 year mark there's a massive market for that in, in the US and so values rocket. So I guess yeah. you were trying to predict what the next car will be that's going to be on yeah. that, that upward tick. So I, I know what came to my mind straight away. Do you guys have any initial initial thoughts? What do you think? What thoughts? 
I'm not. Uh, my my problem is is that my my classic car knowledge I think is might be poorer than it than it should be. Or my my from that generation. I mean, when I was like that age, I think it was the Maestro that my parents were driving around in. Wow. And the the question is is that will that become one for if there are any examples out there that have been kept in meticulous condition? So like the one my parents had rusted it water came through the roof they had multiple that water came into the car and uh, i wonder if because a similar thing has happened i guess with the early fiestas hasn't it where they've now become yeah. classics and a lot of them are a lot uh, quite valuable so um i don't know what the current value of uh, an immaculately kept maestro is or if any of them existed without rusting to death but uh maybe maybe it could be that i don't know maybe so, so pre-1992 it's probably maximum what j jk reg L would be 92, wouldn't it? I don't think it's not maximum. Because um, I'd probably just taking myself back to that one, you know, when I, at that sort of age for me, the ultimate car at that time would have been something like a Mark III Golf VR6, something like that, which to see one today in mint condition is, is, is pretty rare. Yeah, definitely. And the Corrado as well. Yeah, I think. absolutely. The Corrado was a thing. But didn't they sell them in, in the US? I think there was US DM. Yeah, they probably called them rabbits or something like that. Yeah, they would have been called something daft. Mm. But yeah, so so I think when the the recipe generally, so the Skyline's the sort of obvious one because they were never sold in the, in the US, as far as I'm I'm aware. And there are probably people out there who who will know definitively and be shouting at the their smart speaker, or whatever they listen to this on. But the the Skylines have rocketed because they're all being exported to the to the US. And I think in in that not just the 25 plus year old ones, so not just the r32 but like r33s and and even r34s are starting to rocket in anticipation of them being exported to the us so i I think the recipe is basically it has to be really cool and it has to be not sold not not sold in the us to really have that sort of rocket appeal so something like the a86 they were sold in america so corollas aren't worth the, the sort of same money that that skylines are mm-hmm. um but the, the, there was some chaps i was talking to i was down at millbrook for something else not for the the cat driver training day and they all had salikas and they were all um hoping that their their salikas were gonna uh rocket because of the, the 25 year rule and they were all they're, they're sort of two or three grand cars at the moment so i think that's probably on the optimistic side but it is crazy to see, like, maybe not in, within the 25-year rule, but, if, you know, certain cars, the, the, how the value of them now is, is, is crazy. Like, yeah. Um, I know that, well, one that always sticks in my mind because it's the car that I wanted when I first started to drive, but the, um, the Ford Focus RS 500, the matte black one. Yeah. Okay, there was only 500 made, so they are quite rare, but still, I've seen them up for 80 to 100 grand um, wow. in places. I'm sure Redline had one for 80 grand a couple of years ago and it's just crazy to see that that's you know minimum double what it was actually at the time uh time of purchase yeah that um, that's, that's fairly crazy yeah there are quite a few like that though that have, that have i mean like i guess sierra cosworths and things like that are really and uh tommy mackinan edition evos there on the on the rocket ship aren't they there for yes, those yeah, that yeah. exist that haven't rusted away yeah <laughs> they're um they're appreciating quite hard True. yeah i'm struggling to think of anything obviously the skyline really is i wonder whether nsx did they sell nsx they've been the acura nsx mm-hmm. in the us mm-hmm. i wonder whether 
uh, NSXs will go. I mean, they've already they're already rocketing, aren't they? But will do they have? Where's the ceiling? Will they will they keep keep on going mm-hmm. up? Um, what about you, Amy? What, what have you got an answer for your own question? I don't have an answer for my own question. That's why I asked it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever we say, oh, is, you know, maybe we can move <laughs> the market. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're on the, in the market and you're trying to get some yeah, that, information. Yeah, that might be it, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 there's so many cars out there. I mean, trying to predict the market. If you'd have tried pre, pre-COVID, pre uh, I mean, you could basically have just bought any car on, yeah. on Autotrader pre, pre-COVID and made a profit. Yeah, um, yeah. or van. Or van, yeah. Um, whereas now, it's, it all feels like a bit of a bubble, doesn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. there's certain cars that are never going to come back down. Certainly not in our lifetimes, like F40s, and that they've left the, the, the trains left the station. Mm. F50s, um, so at Supercar Fest, um, I was chatting to there's a, a, a single gentleman who brought uh, his F40, his F50, his Enzo, and his LaFerrari all to, to Supercar Fest. Uh, and he was talking about the values of his F40 versus F50. So the F, the F40 he, he paid less than 200 grand for back in, really? back in the day, yeah, wow. so he's made a fortune. His F50, he didn't say exactly how much he paid, but the implication was it was less than the F40. And he reckoned his F50 was appreciating a thousand pounds a day at the moment, which is, which is a nice position to, to, nice to be. Yeah. 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 It's about the same amount what you put in fuel into that. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. If I had one, I'd definitely be, be, be doing uh, multiple tanks a day. But the, the, the thing is that the LaFerrari is still, there, there were thereabouts, isn't it? They were over a million. They're mm. still over a million. You know, they're not good. Then they never, they never did the dip part of the depreciation curve. So I think these days people are sort of expecting cars to hold their money or be investments and things. So I think the, the market's sort of broken. So trying to predict what's going to just be overpriced forever and what, like, it's a great car, but if, you, if you're trying to buy a BMW M2 at the moment, they're just, they're completely crazy compared to mm-hmm. what they what they were yeah i could have bought a brand new one in 2019 for the same price as i could buy that same 2019 car now pretty much yeah. mm-hmm. um so so yeah the whole i i, I think we're really going to struggle for pre-92 things that aren't already massively inflated and that have still got still got room to go so it'd be interesting to to see the comments on this one for sure definitely um, and as a side note if anybody's looking for a cheap Mustang to invest in. <laughs> it's coming to a salvage yard near you soon. One, one careful owner. <laughs> one careful owner. Just needs an extra wheel fitting. Yeah, yeah. Very repairable, but uh, at what cost, I do not know. Th- three quarters of a Mustang. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way for now. off. Yeah, yeah. 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 Half the price. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, well, I think we'll wrap it up there for this one. It just remains for me to thank you for listening, but also to kind of plead with you really to, to click that subscribe button on whatever platform that you're listening to us on. Uh, it's called different things on the, the different platforms. So yeah, please, um, please give us a share. If, you, if you've seen this podcast on social media, we're, we're doing our best. Please uh, give it a like and a share so that you know, your, your mates who are also into cars can also give it a listen. And, uh, and the feedback, you know, we've, we've asked a question here in the, the podcast about pre-92 cars. Um, please, please, uh, on whatever social media channel you you find us um give us some give us some answers to to the question give us some interaction show us some love and uh we'll call it a day 
there. And we look forward to seeing you on the next one. Thank, Thank you. Catch you on the next Thanks one. Thanks for having me. Yes. Yep.